Can I, all right, can I show you guys what I picture the magma people as? Yes. Mm-hmm. This is what comes like to my this. mind. You know yeah. these guys? Yeah. You better <laughs> you show the, little... you better show the bionicle mask in the, in the lava slowly sinking. Oh, is that, a, yes. is that also a thing? God. Bionicle. Is that from like the video game? No, it was like the it's movie. From the movie. Yeah, Bionicle Mask. I never movie. saw the Bionicle movies. Mask of Light, probably. Yes, yeah, Sinking in Lava. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mask of Light. Mask of Light, we, that's what it's called? Yeah. Our brains are so vastly different. I, I loved it so much as a kid because I was like, man, I'm that little guy. Awesome. And then he kind of becomes like the big Bionicle. And I was like, that's going to be me when I grow up. Can you look up Bismuth? <laughs> Bismuth from Steven Universe? No, just Bismuth. The, the oh, mirror. the... the- I don't know why my only went to Steven Universe. This is how yeah. I imagine Prisma. Gorgeous. Yeah, that does. Just like yeah, that's, fucking that's, wild. What I, when I, like, the reason I had the name Prisma, if you look up Prismatic Shard from uh, uh, Stardew Valley. Is that a magic card? Oh, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I rock. pictured. Yeah. There's like a gay magic rock. card that's something Prism in one of the more recent sets. Prophetic Prism. No, that's prophetic not prism. There's always prism card. stuff. I don't know. There's like random. It's always yeah. Prophet. I guess that is it. They're just. I thought there different. was one that you paid to. Anyway, we we all have so many possible connections to that. I guess. Hello and welcome to Read, Play, Game. This is the third uh, episode of the, at least third um, episode of the uh, us playing through the ground itself. This is the game portion. I am Lego Enlo and uh, I was the rules lawyer and facilitator. I'm Anish and I just finished playing the ground itself. I'm Tori and I just finished playing the ground itself. I'm Michael, and I didn't just finish playing The Ground itself. I finished playing it last night, so I just yeah, like turned on Zoom. About 14 All hours right. ago. <laughs> yeah, we we played from around 7.30 p.m. That's when we started, and it was midnight by the time we finished. Yes. Um, and unfortunately for this discussion, Aubrey couldn't join us, but we wanted to thank her again for being there uh, for the for yesterday's because it was just so so much fun. Uh, everything that she added and contributed to the uh, to the the world, and we 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 had to record a little bit that I'll probably splice in somewhere here. I like this game. I think it's a lot of fun. I like how complex and yet simple it is. I like how does it require a lot to get started, but there's so much to work with. But no, I really enjoyed it. I what I. Something I really like about this is like there's a lot of like jumping off points, but there's also a lot of freedom. And it's like we as a group had to figure out how much detail does each specific question, because some questions didn't need as much detail and as much fleshing out as others. And just like trying to find that balance was really cool and interesting. Um, And also just like having the inability to be like, that's a dumb idea. Like No one gave any dumb ideas today, um, but... It just in general with like having to like be okay this was said and now it's part of our story how do we build on that which is like it's like very like simple improv thing but it's very just challenging for groups of people to do that 
and I think this this game is a good like just practicing that muscle. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's let's talk about talk about our experience with this game. Any any thoughts that people want to jump in with? I appreciated that this is a type of game that doesn't just use like the right the right side of the brain creativity and spontaneity, but also can utilize the left side of the brain a bit more intellectualism. It's interesting because it could potentially be set or like reference to actual events or historical things that we're aware of. Like we ended up making like loose references to like the Greek gods, etc. Um, and so for somebody like me who has played through D&D and whatnot, but isn't super well versed in all the different mythical creatures and worlds and possibilities and stuff, this was something I felt a bit more like I had source material that I was familiar with. So that was cool. Mm -hmm. What's interesting about this game is I think it could also be played in like a real world setting too. That isn't just like mm. a mythological fictional thing. Like, like hypothetically, you could be like, yeah, we're in 1920s New York City. And, and, and then it could spiral sort of into a weird like paranormal event or something. But there's a lot of, it's, it's pretty much, there's in, infinite possible settings. Um, depending on what, what you feel like. I think one of the interesting things, and like, you know, it didn't come into play for our session, but like um, one of the most interesting features, I think, to the game itself is, the game itself, is the way in which it handles time, where we rolled in the beginning and we rolled for years to change between the different vignettes we had, which meant the circumstances we were talking about took days, months, that kind of thing. And I wonder how we built the world would have changed depending on what the time frame we had was. Like if the time frame was only you know, days or months or or centuries or millennia and like how that would have changed the scope of what we were doing, you know, um, like whether we would have picked a smaller area or a bigger area, something like that. I think that would that's a fascinating thing to me. Yeah, I think it really sets the theme of it because like we we kind of had a theme of like, I don't know, large political divisions and large just like mm -hmm. like factions and stuff forming. And that's the only only the kind of stuff that happens over the course of years. It isn't if it was like five days, you know, there wouldn't have been time for that. Right. Yeah, I playing this game made me incredibly introspective about our current everyday society and the way things work because we started with a blank canvas and we started with, you know, the vegan commune, but you put in a location and finite resources and different types of people in one location it's strange how our brain always went towards conflict as a natural result from that. I think we're natural storytellers and a lot of the times that's our inclination, right? Conflict will make things more interesting. But I found it fascinating that it was almost an inevitability, the way we were telling our story, that people wanted different things. People wanted to either keep things the same or move towards an unknown direction. And there were these reoccurring themes I felt when looking back at it, like the inevitability of change, 
right? Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think when you have a game about a location over time, that's definitely going to be a recurring theme. But I mean, we chose mushrooms as a sort of focal idea, but mushrooms are all about growth within decay. And it's so interesting that we concluded about this fungal network that was essentially the the base for this society for so many years being replaced by this new unknown thing, this volcanic prisma, and it becoming the foundation for something new. I, th- I think it, I think it, 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 it highlights the strength of collaborative storytelling games in that you can come in with one idea of how things are going to go as an individual, or you're going to like play the game thinking that this might like, like you're like, I'm setting up mushrooms. Here's the theme that I'm expecting to have. But then someone else says something entirely out of nowhere that you weren't expecting at all, because maybe that's what they came in expecting the expecting to see things like, like that, that's the direction they saw. And so like, you've now created not going in like, if you're going in a north direction and they're going in a west direction, you're now going going in some sort of weird northwest direction or even off another axis that none of you are even uh, considering, which is oftentimes a more interesting story because of that. Um, I, I also wanted to say that one thing that I found really funny, and I forgot to say it last night, was that despite the fact that we had created this whole society that was like all that was all about like mushrooms and stuff where everybody the like the 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 drug was not mushrooms but it was the rocks <laughs> like we, yeah. we explicitly said this is a thing that has mind-altering uh i was like are we not surrounded by other mind-altering that's you know that's fine these mushrooms don't do that <laughs> that's funny something i feel that happened a few times and it was just serendipitous was i'd be having this thought like oh wouldn't it be interesting if for example, a crack occurs. And then all of a sudden, the question that I just randomly was given is like, something disastrous happens. What is it? And you're like, wow, I was just thinking about this. And I don't know if it was like confirmation bias. But for me, it felt like several times, the thing I was hoping to touch on was happened to correlate Mm -hmm. to the question I I got. I think that speaks to the strength of the game design. I was going to say that too. Yeah. Because the way it's structured we have those face cards in the very beginning to establish the base level of our location. And I think we had so much fun talking about that, that we, if we look back on it, we probably exceeded the recommended. Oh, absolutely. An amount of like, minutes. Keep that very short. <laughs> oh, we, we went yeah. all out. But what was really cool about that is in the numbered cards, we had different levels of conflict based on which numbered question you got. So if you mm-hmm. it was your fourth four, you would have a question about like things completely falling apart, right? Because that's the natural evolution of focusing on one place at one time, eventual decay at, to, to some degree in my imagination, right? And what's also really cool about that is despite that general push and that general trend, there was still freedom for us to choose to tell another story. Like a lot of times when we found that we had already talked about the the question we received, like if we got a th- our second three and we were like, we already discussed this during the face cards, we had the freedom to, 
either tell a story, throw a party, show an omen to further talk about this location and its people. So I think it just, it, it really speaks to good game design when you have a forward progression that matches the literal forward progression of putting down more cards and more cards and more cards. Absolutely. It's, it's like not only providing you the, the, like a, 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 a structure to come up with your own things, but also the freedom to reject that. I think that that is like the core tenant of any, uh, well, that's actually really interesting because Everest um, on their website, they've got a lot of other things, including like video games that they've designed. I, I'd recommend anyone going through their like uh, their site, which I believe is uh, everest-pipkin.com. Uh, but the ground itself is just one of their many projects, some of which are other storytelling or role-playing games like this. But like a lot of them, they do like video game development, uh, which, which makes a lot of sense. It seems that they've got a lot of... Uh, Knowledge about that kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, just really cool that it sort of, I think it guides things, you know, in a sort of narrative direction uh, as time goes on. But then again, you could just get the, your four tens and then end it earlier than like getting to one of those fourth. Right. Yeah. The fact that we had the final like two tens be the la in the last three cards like i <laughs> was interesting because it's like the i think the second i guess yeah the second era we were in like took like the vast majority of the cards so it was i i think like talking about like the fact that it's designed to you know give you those prompts but also give you the opportunity to be like oh you know we already discussed that i think is great but i also think it it not only speaks to it as a good game but also is like it reminds me a lot of you know, if you're writing a story or like like coming up with uh, coming up with a story for you know a, a game that you're going to run with your friends, like a D and D uh, TTRPG, whatever kind of game, or like just writing a script or something yourself, I think what makes it so great as a game is that it kind of gamifies that work of like outlining a story and makes it a collaborative effort with friends that I think, you know, is something we all inherently, you know, know how to tell a story, know how to come up with things. But like that effect of working on it with friends, I think is what makes it really fun yeah. for me. No, it's really awesome because not every group of people is going to be like us and just have the ability to go on for an hour on each question and like have a ridiculous amount of, of uh, thoughts about that kind of thing. But this lets people like that play it but also is great for people who don't have that many thoughts, people who are like not sure about what's, what they're going to say next or need some prompting. And the materials feel super accessible because other than the PDF that you would need, all you exactly. need is a deck of cards and a D6, which I feel is the most common form of like dice that mm -hmm. people have, and then coins. And so I really appreciate that it's so household materials and then the rest is imagination. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's got that stuff. If you, if you just remember the rules, well, I guess you, you need the reference, but it's good to have the rules. <laughs> Everest also seems like a really cool like person. Like I was looking at their like, you know, the itch like website uh, when when you had first sent it and like reading the um, the comments and not only, you know, like you said, uh, like a lot of different kind of games and content, but people were saying like, oh, is there a way like, I don't know, um, like for 
like getting physical copies, like if I don't have the money to pay for it, they were just commenting, hey, yeah, just let me know your email. I will send it to you. No worries. I they send physical copies out themselves like that kind of stuff. They're like, oh, I'm on a trip. When I get back home, I'll I'll send it to you. Which I'm like, that's so yeah. cool. I don't know. I think I think the smaller scale of the developer is really, um, and, and and that that personability I think is really endearing. Everest, come grab a mud water with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, can, can I clarify? I I mentioned mud water as a, a one off joke because I see their ads <laughs> all the time. On I didn't Instagram. know mud water was a thing until it I is a it real up. thing. I didn't either. Oh yeah, no, I. I also get the ads all the time. It's crazy. But now it's Liquid Death. Is that the same thing? So. Mudwater, no. sponsor us. Now he sees Liquid Death. No, different. Okay, different, well, different either style. way, what we were saying was no, I... legally distinct. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was the two words, Mudwater. Yeah. Mudwater, not TM. I was going to touch on, uh, Anish, you were talking about the tell a story option. If you're not excited about the question that comes up or if we've already covered it you have these focused situations. And I really appreciate that the tell a story can come in so many different forms. We had a town hall meeting that in our world took place in the form of improv. We had a school teacher given the lesson, which is so interesting to think about, well, there's the reality and then there's what is the school, you know what I mean, history that's kind of been stamped and approved for children, X, Y, Z. And then we got to hear from the fungus itself. So, because... For me, somebody who, when I play RPGs, it's like, you know, again, I'm not big on mechanics. I don't like GM ever. It's all character. So for this game to be kind of removed from character was a new experience. And I like how much flexibility. It, it really encourages you to think outside of, for me, what I consider like a regular role play type mindset. But I thought you did exceptionally well, especially when you embodied those characters Stop. um my, my favorite scene by far was just that 10 second conversation between the fungus by far because i think my brain always thinks in terms of little tiny moments but that was one part of this whole ecosystem that like changed my entire perspective um which i think is why that option is there to tell a story is to contextualize this location we built from the ground up through the people and plants and animals and fungi that live there. What was interesting to me that we didn't touch on, and I'm curious if this was just our brains didn't go there or if the questions don't involve it. Um, I agree with what you're talking about, that like conflict and violence, I feel I was thinking about almost instantly where it's like, okay, well, how does that take place? Like, especially if it's an oasis closed from the outside world, you know, um, then any kind of violence is happening within this like microcosm. You can't blame like outside forces or anything. And then maybe capitalism has rotted my brain, but I was also like, what's the currency? How do you decide, like, are people benefiting from the prisma? You know, so that was something that I was surprised didn't come up because I, I guess for me, it seems like such a huge part of how our system works. It's like when, you know, Anish, you were talking about earlier, like the how it kind of, um, you know, our general story was more geared towards, you know, this place kind of conflict comes out of that and decay comes out of that. But uh, like you're talking about, Tori, I think it's uh, it would be what I would want to 
see is I'd be fascinated to see like how other people play it. And like with with the different timescales of like if it's something longer, if it's something shorter, like is there more discussion into like smaller scale, smaller scale things where it's like something like good is happening and it's the growth of this place and it doesn't necessarily end with um, with something like falling apart. Like if we had pulled the four tens super early, maybe things wouldn't have gone mm-hmm. as poorly or, you know, things wouldn't have magma crevices, all of that stuff escalated. Um, escalated. Yeah. And so I wonder like how those differences in terms of the time scale, in terms of um, just the luck of the draw, like how that influence would have influenced the, the game. Yeah, I, I think there were a lot of like random things that we just ended up like like we'd be talking about something on a totally unrelated question, and then suddenly we'd have a thought and be like, oh, and I think this might also be the case. And so I think that there's a world where one of us had that idea about currency, or like another world where some people were playing in a similar setting, or maybe they had like they're more fascinated by that aspect of it. So that's what's also cool is that there's like there's a lot of details that naturally blossom sometimes in. I don't know when 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 it's appropriate to this setting. Um, I really quickly want to move to. Uh, I, I thought that what we were talking about a second ago with sort of your player perspective was a good sort of uh, transition into something that I kind of outlined. I wrote down before this that I wanted to talk about. I'm curious talking about from all of our various experiences with RPGs, what we think about the different types of like settings in role playing games and like what that turns into sometimes so like if we were thinking of this game beyond just the storytelling game it is but also as a way of being maybe a precursor to something else or like setting up like setting up a world that you're going to play in i wanted to talk about like what makes you feel most connected to a world that you're uh when you're playing a role-playing game Mm. and like like is this a different feeling when you're playing versus gming and uh, I kind of wanted to like, I, basically where my thoughts go on this is that I can think of like a scale of the way that setting is set up in different systems from one side, like, like, a, like a spectrum, one side being sort of a setting agnostic situation, which would be like a, a game like Fate. I, I, I know that Anish is somewhat familiar with, I don't know anyone else who's played Fate, but like Fate is is a game that is exclusively ruled or, 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 or let's say we, we played weave, right? We've, we've had settings built in, in the cards that you could choose different settings, but like the system itself, which is just rolling dice that, that are like the stats of that, that can be applied to literally any setting. So like those mechanics are not tied to a setting and it's the same with fate. And then moving on, moving on through the spectrum to something that is more setting collaborative which is uh, a game like Kids on Bikes, which is another game I'd be interested in playing here. But Kids on <laughs> Bikes is a game that uh, they played it a couple times on Dimension 20, I think. But it's like when you, it, it's sort of like an 80s uh, inspired by like, you know, Stranger Things types th- type, type setups. Uh, but I read through the book and there is explicitly a whole section on how to come up with the world together and like how that is integrated oh. into the mechanics. Mm. So like there's like, like, it talks all about session zero and how you create the world and your characters along with the world. I, Monster of the Week is kind of similar in that way. And I've seen it in like Power by the Apocalypse stuff where you, um, uh, where, I mean, that's mostly character driven, but like, like this one had explicit rules for generating the world in the book itself. 
Uh, and then I wonder, then, the, then right. the another point on that spectrum going further to the other direction is a setting suggested one. That's more like your D&D where like it is tied to a setting, which is the Forgotten Realms. But like a lot of people don't use that. And D&D is oftentimes applied to sure thematically fantasy settings, but not always that specific one. And you don't need to do it in that setting. Yeah, my biggest gripe with D&D is bless bless the RPG players out there who are just getting into this stuff. People try to shoehorn every genre into the D20 system yeah. using D&D rules. And bless their heart, I think D&D is so based in this fantasy aesthetic that it's kind of hard to make a module that isn't in that like space elf or yeah at least like, a fantasy elf fantasy aesthetic inclined. it's just yeah. it's always going to be a little fantasy inclined but to begin trying to answer your question uh i'm going to use incredibly reductive and potentially insulting metaphors um the ground itself is subway you make the fucking sandwich yourself right you choose the <laughs> ingredients, and if you complain about it, you made the sandwich. You can't complain. <laughs> My brother, My brother, Christ, <laughs> you made the sandwich. But like, well, the thing about the ground itself, you have the rules, which are lettuce, tomato, olives. The ingredients are there. We are free to make whatever the heck we want and you can reject the ingredients too and be like oh i don't want lettuce on this one i want to go into a focus situation right now and i'm going to focus on that oregano i want a chocolate yeah. bar <laughs> i want a cookie actually right like something you wouldn't yeah. expect like the club penguin um, pizza maker when you put like the chocolate on it i want a side of um, doritos actually yeah i mean I, I think you know the connection we have i mean we played several several different uh games together at this point and it's like the I think, especially when we're playing like Curse of Strahd or something like long scale where we have these characters and we feel so tied to them, it's like, unlike creating the character, the world is the character that we create together. And I think that fact of, you know, we're all very good friends here. And I think creating this thing together and that shared sense of ownership and community that it kind of builds, I think is what makes it really fun. Because you know, with a lot of other tabletop role-playing games, it's like you go out on an adventure, you do the thing with your party, and you're, you know, you're making that story yourself, but you're still kind of disconnected from it. Whereas, like, in a lot of things like D&D &D or something, it's like the there is the, the random chance to it, and there is the dungeon master, game master that's kind of crafting the story, and you are along for that ride. Whereas, like, this is, like, totally in our hands, creating it together, and, like, that... Um, control and ownership, I think, is really, really nice and very interesting. But still, the fact that not you share that ownership with the other people, I think, is what makes it really fun. This is the first collaborative RPG I think I've played because I've I've heard people play GMless games before, but this is the first time I've sat down and it's essentially like a a choose your own adventure. Well, are all, are all RPGs not inherently collaborative though? <sighs> but um, this also, I also wouldn't what? necessarily label this an RPG because it is like I think explicitly 
called like like referred to as a storytelling game, but like obviously it's got the same elements of it. But I mean, I guess it is an RPG because the role is played. That is, it's it's a good question. I guess the the labels don't matter. Anyway, continue whatever you guys were saying. <laughs> Tabletop game. Well, I don't know. The point that I would make, the big difference to me, it feels, and this was also present in our ignea, our place that we made, was a less of a focus on individualism. So when we've played games where there's a party and I have a character and a this or that, sometimes, all love, you know, another player will play very wild card. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you're going to go and throw this off. But then for this one, I didn't have as much individualism, ownership. So it felt like, oh, okay, cool. You're going to throw that in there? Great, let's see what happens. So that was something that I was experiencing. It felt like it was less of... I was able to really let go and go with the flow more because it felt like there were no wrong answers and we all were building it together. And, like, again, in the game, we don't... For some reason, it was, like, the names were the hardest thing to come up with. Do y'all remember Mm -hmm. that? It always is. And then it was like, oh, like we build a landmark to the <laughs> to the thing itself, except not the, you know, and I don't know, maybe because it was a collaborative commune and there was this lack of currency and hierarchy and this or that, maybe you are more of a community focused society as opposed to individual focused society. Yeah, I think, well, I, I, I'm, I'm very, I'm interested in, in, obviously this is a distinct game from your, your your other kinds of role tabletop role playing games, especially the kinds we've played, um, right? But on that spectrum, I I wonder like where the most effective. I I think it's probably obvious where the most effective place that you can place this. Like like the spectrum I was saying from being setting agnostic to on the other end, and I had setting suggested, but like even further is setting specific, which I considered a game like Blades in the Dark or Scum and Villainy, that kind of game where those systems yeah. are mm-hmm. like forged in the dark can be applied to other things but like those those are those are all about the factions so if you're changing the world that you're playing in you're basically changing the game and coming up with your own hack of it which is fine it's just a lot more work so like that is a game that you do have to play in the it's best to play in the world i don't even know what i'm trying oh yeah I, i'm just curious about like what what to I, th- I think it's very interesting to think about that spectrum and this game could be used, I think, hypothetically for any of those. But it is probably better for a setting agnostic or it's just better to play on its own. Well, I'm not going to add anything meaningful to this conversation. I just was thinking about it. And D&D is like Taco Bell in my brain, right? <laughs> Got all the analogies today. It's the Jeez. same ingredients, right? It's Taco Bell, Subway. It, it, it's the same ingredients every time. There's no changing it, right? You have some wrap of some kind, some tortilla, some beans, <laughs> some beef. But people try to make every variation of it to varying degrees of success. Um, so to each their own, I suppose. But <laughs> I I don't know. I think the subway type games are really good for making a setting from which to play even further and explore the themes talked about during the game yeah they, they really help you kind of like get a, a sort of fresh perspective on things oh my god <laughs> yeah i think i think what you have to do and like the thing that makes it good is you're like you know consuming you're always always eating fresh mm-hmm. 
you know, you can have you it your way. When you play D&D, you kind of have D&D. to add some more sometimes or live a little moss. Um, um, yeah. Y'all making me hungry. Uh, so it's, it's funny, though, that you were talking about the whole. Oh, sorry. No, you do it. <laughs> is it another bit? We, Just leave it. If it's another bit, on. leave it. We're moving on. Drop it. No, 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 no. No, it wasn't. It wasn't a bit. I was just saying, like, talking about like how you were saying with D and D, like the whole sci-fi fantasy thing, where it's like even in you know the Forgotten Realms, there are the like different universes, like multiverse, like sci-fi races, like the Githyanki, Githzerai, all that stuff. But they're still in the end like lizard people who ride dragons, mm-hmm. even though they're going through space. And the, and it, the inherent structure of that game is like level up. It's cool, com- but it's like like centered around like this this sort of narrative mm-hmm. where you're like fighting things and leveling up and. And you can't, you don't have to fight things in it, but like that's sort of the way that the game is designed where it's like you go back and forth between these mechanics in your in your uh, your non-combat moments and your combat moments and you're kind of balancing resources. It's all about resource, resource management. And I think that's the primary directive of a design like that. But I mean, that's obviously been discussed by a lot of people to, 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 to death, but. Yeah, anyway. what's cool about the game like this, like I was taking a hike yesterday I saw the peak of the mountain and it was crazy to see pockets of these little towns just completely surrounded by trees and forest. And I mean, my friend joked, he he poked at me and it was like, that would be a great place for a Walmart parking lot. (laughs) 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 But... (laughs) I kind of, I kind of think about that joke. When playing this game, he didn't lie though. That would be a great place for us. I mean, Walmart's have subways inside. (laughs) We can't escape. But genuinely, (laughs) as opposed to focusing on leveling up and getting cool gear, this game focuses on tiny moments or extremely huge moments over various points of time focused on this one specific. And I think that sort of focused attention is something I'm deeply craving in more games that we play. Mm. Like that sort of focus, a select group of things to focus on. And I, what really stuck out to me about the rule book here was the bit of like denying the players. Like when you have a 10, there's some kind of language or, or maybe it was when you get the last 10. It was like, it's over. And the ending is not always satisfying. It doesn't always wrap yeah. everything up. Or this is the frame. No, you cannot go mm-hmm. outside the frame. And I think maybe we wiggled around those rules a little bit. But yeah. I feel like when I I think of role-playing games, it's like, you know, sky's the limit, imagination, whatever. So it was really interesting to have this box to kind of put it in because that's that structure is what made it what I feel like really forced me to like think in a different way. Yeah, I think that's where role-playing games thrive is giving you that open, that open opportunity, but also giving you those boxes and like giving you structure because otherwise you are just kind of like, you know, laser guns at recess. It's you not know, indulgent. Like, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I respect. Yeah, I think I think it, I think it's a it, the na- the game knows what it's about just at its core, and I think that it, it impresses that upon you. Shout out um, to Everest. Mount Everest, a great place for a Walmart. <laughs> uh, I had one more thought about. Uh, well, I did want to talk about kind of just 
give a little glimpse into another thing that we didn't actually touch on in the game that we played. There's a section at the end of the rules that are about special cases, about, you know, some some options that you can, things you can change about the game if, if you want to. You know, it, it kind of gives how to play it with, like, real historical things or, like, you can even use tarot cards. But one rule that you can change if you want to is variable time spans. You may elect to skip establishing your timeline at the top of the game. Instead, roll two six-sided die during each gap. Your first die will correspond to the unit of measurement, mm. uh, while the second refers to how many of these units have passed each time. That way you have wildly different time spans. So that would be like probably a little bit of whiplash Ooh. where it's like, well, all right, we've, uh, we've gone th three years. All right, next time, four centuries. You know, that 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 could be a little bit of more chaotic, but kind of a fun thing if if on a on a maybe not the first playthrough, but yeah, because ours was within 20 years. If Honestly, that. maybe yeah, 10 years. first was six years, then one year, then five years. I think then, there were two one what years. What was the last one? It was two one years. Yeah, yeah, it was five years. Oh, yeah. Then another I would have been yeah. curious. Like, yeah, I I love that alternative rule. It's it's sort of like a practice of detachment from this thing you're creating. Yeah. This story, this whole game is about death. A little right? bit. It's well, a little bit about death. I would death. say more about be, right? succession. It doesn't have to be. About succession. I am inevitable. <laughs> it's, it's about like, it's about death, but also life. You know, it's, yeah. it's about change. And change. Growth. And I, we, we took it in kind of a literal way where we literally had our forest burning down and then starting anew from like a, a it could have just as easily been just like a more metaphorical, like, political like coup or something like that but yeah there's there's that's that's what it is about i think one of the things we mentioned earlier was like talking about its decay but i think it's also like if you view it a different way it's about like growth yes you know yeah. Yeah. and i th i think one of the things i don't think we did this but i wonder how it would change our playthrough because we we talked about ideas for a world before deciding on the time measurement right yes we didn't know what what it would be yeah I wonder how like it would change if you knew the time measurement before creating the world and how that informed. I'm not saying that it's a thing that necessarily, but it's like if we had done the same exact world, but our time measurement was days, how would that have changed? Yeah. That? You know, like, would it have been a smaller scale thing, like a big eruption? Like, I wonder. I, I think it's very, very fun to think about that. But I think it's also very, like, very certainly intentional that you that, that you find out that afterwards so that you right. do not or so that you like for that aspect of randomness for that aspect of the uncontroll the uncontrollable nature of the way that the world is progressing well um that that wraps up our discussion on the ground itself thank you for joining us today uh we had such a great time playing it thank you so much everest for writing the game, letting us play the game. And uh, please, please, if you're listening, please check out uh, Everest's page, everest-pipkin.com. Or uh, you, you can also find the ground itself on itch.io or drive through RPG. And again, we'll put the links in all the uh, all the episodes. So uh, let's, uh, let's see what we're going to end up playing next time. Anish, why don't you roll that D6? Ooh, okay. I'm rolling, and I got a five. Five. Do you have the chart in front of you? I do not. All right. That is going to be Lasers and Feelings by John Harper. 
I know that's a I game think we're going to space. For a while. Yeah, yeah, space setting. So nice. we'll, we'll see you all next time for that. Thank you again for joining us. Um, and uh, as we say, we'll see you at a different table. Not on a different side of the table. At a different <laughs> table that we're playing a different game at. This a whole time. different table. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs>